0: Hello everyone, Chief Master on Chip Chat, Two Bomb Wing Command Chief, uh, here with another episode of Between Two Buffs. Uh, today, we are gonna be talking about domestic violence awareness. Uh, we have a wonderful group of subject matter experts here that are gonna help us learn to develop better relationships as well as potentially maybe pick up some extra tips uh, on what healthy relationships look like, what healthy relationships or unhealthy relationships look like. And we're just going to have a conversation. So uh, so that we can have this conversation, we're going to go around a little circle here. Uh, sir, starting with you, if you'll introduce yourself and tell us uh, where you're working on base and kind of your subject matter expert. All right. hey, hey,
1: Chief, thanks for having me here today. I'm Captain Ryan Lyman, Jr. I'm the Family Advocacy Officer and also a licensed clinical social worker. I work at the Second Medical Group. Awesome, thank All you, right. sir.
2: Hi, Chief.
3: My name is Adrienne Banks. I am Barksdale's Domestic Abuse Victim Advocate. The acronym is DAV. Thank you. Thanks. Hello, Chief. How you doing? I'm Um Withers. Two, two LRS First Sergeant here at Barksdale. have been doing this about almost two years now.
0: Thank
4: you, Sheriff. Hi, Chief. My name is Kelsey Jackson. I am a Family Advocacy Intervention Specialist in the Second Medical Group, and I am also a Licensed
2: Clinical Social Worker.
0: As you can see, we've got some of the best and brightest minds here uh, between two buffs. And, and this is all to help our airmen, our guardians, our CGOs, FGOs, as well as anybody that's just watching this, our retirees, our contractors, our, some, even some of our family members out here. So hopefully you'll take away something in your in your cargo pocket and you can use it to be and build a better version of you. So I'm just going to throw this out there just for a conversation starter. Uh, Anybody can bite on this. What does
3: a healthy relationship look like for us in today's society? So I think um, I'll start off. I'll say I think healthy relationships look like uh, it can be different for anybody. Um, each individual relationship between the two people uh, can be, you know, it can it can, it can have different faces. Um, what's healthy for me is maybe health, it should be healthy for another person. Um but you know most thing is that whatever's keeping you positive, making you uh look forward, lean forward basically, and um progressing you, having you uh move forward is like yeah Ms banks
2: I agree, you know it's so funny is when you can be yourself in the relationship, when you don't have to change who you are, when you can be your authentic self, I think that that really places you. Uh, you know in a in an in a, inside the relationship where you can be an, your own independent person you can make your own decisions but also discuss it with your intimate partner and ultimately being able to be yourself make good decisions say no uh say what hurts say what you don't like give your own opinion, and have the ability to be your unique self
0: you guys provided a lot in just that one response so <laughs> thank you. Uh, Any other additions
4: on it? I would have to concur the same thing with what Ms. Banks said. If you're able to be yourself, um, both good and bad, right? So you want individuals to feel like, you know, when they're having a bad day, they have that support and that person that they're able to be on a team team with. So um, it won't always be good. um, But if you have someone with you who's able to embrace those things and understand that he or she is having a bad day, they're able to accept that and walk with you and not make you feel bad about that. So if you're able to be your authentic self, if you're able to convey how you're feeling, I think you're on the road to being in a healthy relationship.
0: That's a a very unique word, authentic. I mean, because we live in a a very technology-based environment where we have the ability to resnap over and over and over that perfect picture before right. we post it, right? So yeah, absolutely, we've got, sure, we got to make sure that yes, all our so. social medias are right. So, how do we find that that authenticity in a in a world that seems to be a little bit plastic with hmm. our social media use? So I
1: think one thing, chief, is just really kind of self reflection, right? really kind of rely on all morals and values. So one thing, you know, to kind of back to piggyback off the question that we previously talked about, um, one thing is balance, you know, for it's maintaining a healthy relationship and being in a healthy relationship. I would say, because you sometimes, you know, you ever have that one friend that's always giving, 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 right? Yes. and never getting anything back, yes. that's exhausting. So one thing I would say, when, it, when you're thinking about those healthy relationships and trying to figure out, you know, the differences and how to navigate through all the social media and stuff like that, just one check that balance. And uh, that, 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 and self-reflecting and really kind of taking a look at your values too. So, all of that encompasses. So I know I kind of went back on your
0: previous question, but, I want to <laughs> but get that's okay. To that. yeah. That's okay because all of this kind of intertwines. And we we need to make sure that we we put it together in in something that everyone can use. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, it's helping relate uh, helping agencies. You know, sure. Our family advocacy partners, our Dava. I mean. How do we become more aware of domestic violence if we don't know what right looks like? And what we're trained to think is right is actually really kind of sideways and wrong. So— uh, I
2: believe, too, Chief, you know, getting to know people, we all present very well, right? When you when <laughs> you, sure When did. you first met your wife, I mean, you know, when, before you were married, you had your best cologne on, and mm-hmm. you had—you know, we— for women, we get our hair down, our nails down. We have on our best outfits, and so we all present very, very well. It takes a little while to get to know someone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes we don't wait long enough. And then when the real person shows up, sometimes people have a hard time handling that. Uh, I think it was the great Maya Angelou. She said, uh, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. Mm-hmm. So even with the red flags, and I know that we'll, we'll discuss that, but people present well. That's not always the person, the authentic
4: person that they Absolutely. are. Absolutely. And also asking questions. A lot of things we do, we, we avoid asking questions because we're afraid of the answer. So I think um, just like you said about social media, we present our best selves. You have a lot of different takes that you can, a lot of pictures you can take. Sure. You pick the right one and then you post that because that's what social media would see. But sometimes if we ask questions um, the right questions, right? So asking no question is a dumb question. I always tell people Mm -hmm. ask as many questions as you want to ask because a person's answers to those will probably give you a little glimpse into who they really are, even if it's not the answer that you really want. So like you said, taking time and talking and asking Mm -hmm. questions will kind of avoid some of that unhealthy behavior.
3: I will say, you know, living in the moment, like set up, put the phones down Mm -hmm. and be in the moment with that person, you know, get to help you get to know them. Um, because, like you said, that social media is not is not a true representation of that person. Um, we all see it before, where we think a person's having a great life and they they're living the best life, um, but you actually sit down and talk to them, and they're not. They're doing bad. They're they're just putting on the front for the social media because um, it's what it's what they do these days. It's what we do, I guess, these yeah. days.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely, everything is a highlight reel. It's mm-hmm. um, it's, it's nothing nothing bad. There's there's tons of virtue signaling. Nobody's gonna nobody's gonna post that they're having domestic violence at home. That's so uh, well, help help us understand, uh, team. Why are healthy relationships so important, especially in this socially rich, uh, platform media environment? Because we we're more socially connected than mm-hmm. ever before, right? But we're not very social. Mm-hmm. So, any thoughts on that? I think the first thing that kind of comes to my mind,
1: right, when I think about relationships, and you know, last month was you know, suicide prevention awareness month, and you know, when you think about some of the leading causes, you know, to
3: suicide,
1: some of the risk factors and warning signs, and you know, relationships is is really a key factor in it. Um, so, just really, really kind of focusing and really kind of paying attention on that, and really kind of being aware of that piece in itself is is, it, is extremely important, to, you know, when it comes to, you know, taking
2: care of ourselves and, and relationships and, and things of that nature. Um, so, I was going a good point <laughs> <with that>.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: To yeah. restate your question, uh, really, like I said, the biggest takeaway, honestly, um, like I said, just how important it is to just maintain and really kind of looking at that, that relationship, and the factors, the risk factors that it plays with suicide and things of that nature. Yeah.
4: And I think we're all relational people. We all were created to to have relationship. Um, sometimes I think some may be a little too eager to jump into those. And that's how we get into these situations. And we may um, bite off a little bit more than we can chew too soon. So I think it's not, it's not a bad thing to want a relationship and to be relational. But like you said, just to take our time and recognize um, not sweeping things under the rug. Right. So if an individual, um, if you're in the car with your significant other and they get upset, that someone cut them off in the middle of the road and you see how angry they get. That may be a red flag that we need to pay attention to, which will warrant a question. So it's not bad that you're in that relationship. It just may warrant a few questions and it may warrant some good conversations that need to be had. So the relationship isn't bad or um, being in relationship with others is not bad because we are such a relational society. It's just making sure we ask the right questions and pay attention to things. It's a very good
0: response. I mean, because we... Covid has shown us mm-hmm. that, that the the thing the word social distance turned into social isolation. Right. For some, right. Right. And and as we try to strive to build the relationship piece because we all want to feel loved, valued, and appreciated, and we want to have the um, pardon the word the intimacy of just somebody being close to us. Mm-hmm. Not, not in a sexual way, but just to be close to us and to know that somebody has our back. I mean, how do we find, what are some cues to find those healthy relationships where we know that uh, my sister and my brother are, our, are my keepers? I think
2: communication is key. Mm. I, I, you know, and everyone communicates differently. Of course, as you see, I'm a communicator. And um, sometimes people aren't in a relationship with people who don't communicate as much. Mm-hmm. And so, just even finding that balance and opening up the communication, maybe I'm more quiet than I normally am. And my mm-hmm. significant other saying, hey, is everything okay? Or checking on the other person, um, especially during that isolation period. And I'm telling you, I had an eye opener, mm-hmm. even in my own relationship. Like I said, you know, I've been married 28 years. But I'm telling you, I said, wow, just because my husband is quiet doesn't mean something's wrong. But usually when I'm extra quiet, there is something wrong. And so just having that balance and that communication and then checking on others.
1: Yeah. And I think when, you know, you guys brought up the COVID piece and the social isolation, and I think, and even though you mentioned, you know, a lot of us uh, are geo-bachelors, you know, the term that we kind of utilize, and I think those social relationships are important. Um, especially you have to kind to get creative, you know, for building, keeping that connection going. For instance, um, you know, like we mentioned earlier, like facetiming, but sometimes even going back to old school, like writing a love letter and putting it in the mail to your significant other. Hmm. So think about different ways to continue to, you know, fatten that relationship and, and keep it keep it interesting, for lack of a better word. So
0: love letter, I'll go I go that. <laughs> yeah, so, <those> <laughs> right. yeah, you know, wow, wow, I had thought about.
2: That
1: but different ways like I, I mean just thinking outside the box right we all know when COVID hit and you know those isolation periods and I mean even for me right it was pretty challenging especially individuals that are, that's used to that connectedness, right and we need that as human nature as human beings like that that. sometimes we think we don't but we need that and it's so important and so any type of way that you can Utilize that and be creative with your significant other and your spouse, uh, the relationships, and not even making a spouse thing, right? So I know we're talking about COVID relationships overall. So just that connectedness piece connectedness, too.
4: So just finding ways to do that. And if you're single, knowing that you don't have, you know, that we talked about the relationship side of it, but when you're during COVID and you're isolated, you'll start to settle. You know, just to have a relationship with anybody or just to have that connection with somebody. So being able to evaluate yourself and say, hey, am I coming from do I really like this person? Am I coming from a place of loneliness mm. or do I genuinely like this person? You know, so and when we can identify and kind of self-reflect, that will allow us to to check ourselves and say, maybe I should not engage in this form of a relationship or maybe we're good as just friends. You know, um, rather than getting into a relationship, because some things we jump into too fast and we do it out of a lonely place. And when we do it out of a lonely place, we have not taken care of the baggage or the things that we should have taken care of from previous relationships or
2: from or from previous trauma.
3: So not just, you know, not just key in on, you know, um, in personal relationships with uh, your significant other, but, you know, as in uh, work relationships, healthy relationships at work matter as well because you you have a bad day at work you know you can go talk to someone or you can um you can you can see those cues that help out with um suicidal you know suicide i think like kind of trying to get off track a little bit but suicide domestic violence and healthy relationships all um work together um all the same factors or all risk factors or whatever are the same as i see them at the same um you see someone not doing well you see they come in late for work that day having that healthy relationship with that individual knowing hey, this person, this is not their normal uh, thing they do. Uh, let me go talk to him. Let me go step, aside. let me step down to his office, not send a t- shoot a text message or shoot an email. Let me walk down to his office and see, or his cubicle and see how he's doing. Uh, let's go to lunch. Let's do something. Uh, build that relationship, build a healthy relationship um, by doing something productive and not always, uh, and productive could be anything, you know, help him out at work or take him out, take him out have dinner downtown.
1: And Sure, you you kind of spoke to me because you know the way you connected the DD and the suicide awareness. You actually look a little bit better than I. Just. <laughs> I, 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 I all those thoughts was coming in, right? like, oh, I want something, something to see all of them. I want to address all of them. But that work factor that you said, that healthy relationship piece, right? Um, you know, right now we're kind of focusing on DD but having that healthy work relationship. So you know your airmen, you know your individuals, right? You know the people that you work with notice like hey they they have a mark here that wasn't there yesterday so so being intrusive so that's just as important so I definitely appreciate you for bringing that up because when we talk about those warning signs and things of that nature and just noticing DB overall um, sometimes you know you know when we have people who um, have experienced domestic violence uh, they're not relatively open with it they don't just come out and say hey this is going on so that work relationship is definitely important so I just kind of wanted that Highlighted
0: to say that yeah, for sure. That's definitely a great point. I mean, our, uh, our awareness for domestic violence, Ms. Banks, I want to tee this up directly to you. Yes. I mean, uh, we, we live in this society where we're kind of less social, um, and we live in a society where we can post anything we want to our social media platform without fear of consequence, right? So we've almost conditioned ourselves to be insulting without fear of worry. And how does that contribute to um, unhealthy relationships uh, today and then over to the rest of us to kind of pick pick up on her points?
2: I think, sir, it almost almost has to do with almost self-worth because if you base your self-worth on how many likes you get on the post, (laughs) that might be tough because just because and some people do that um if you're presenting like you're really really lonely and then therefore you may attract someone that may be a predator that may be what they're looking for and so um just being sure and being careful what you do post and what you do share you know i tell people don't put your address and don't take pictures of your you know social media with your address or your driver's your license place on your car and just being safe but again Let's say that you do have a creditor or an abuser. And you say you're, you're presenting that you're lonely. And maybe you're presenting, you're, you're showing pictures of your children. So we, I just believe that there needs to be a little bit more safety when we are engaging on social media. And there may be a person that presents like they're very nice. And maybe they're not that nice. Maybe they are the abuser. Maybe they want to go on a date with you. But in their previous relationship, you find out later on that um, they abused every uh, a
3: female or a male in the relationship they were in. It's always it's always three sides to the story. Five Five sides. I, I say it's <laughs> hard always for me. More, it's, right? Yeah, it's always more to the story. You know, yeah. I say three, you say five all the time. And right? I, you know, right. it's hard it's hard to remember the five. You know, but it's my side, your side, and the truth, yeah, right? That's true. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, you know, you got to make sure. I look at it like how you saying, you know, post your social media stuff on there. It's it's just like we teach all the CBTs every day, the AT uh or anti-terrorism measures. Um is be be the same way in your relationship. Do those type things to help you be a hard target um for domestic violence or, you know, uh unhealthy relationships. Well, I mean,
0: think about that safety which you're talking about. If I'm Advertising that I'm on vacation in Hawaii. <laughs> now everybody knows my house is empty. Absolutely. You know, yeah. and and so I have friends that they actually wait until they're back from their vacation right. to post their pictures for for that particular reason. Um, and and if we if we do live in a predatory society, um, and I think we were talking before we started filming. I mean you were talking we were talking about the demographics that fall into being a little bit taken advantage of. I mean, um Ms. Jackson, you want to kind of bring that up?
4: So sure, a little bit of the um the conversation was those individuals between the ages of like eighteen or twenty five and under, um they kind of we see a lot of those, you know, so um and they're that generation are those individuals who are tech savvy. They like to post. They're using social media um, using for dating, um, primarily for dating or or finding people, um, and just showing everything and giving people access to everything, the food that they're eating, where they are, they're tagging their location. That's the trend now. And that makes us a little bit more susceptible to predators and opens the door for opportunity. And sometimes those opportunities are not the best. And so when, when we get into these relationships or we, we provide individuals that access sometimes, um, they may have an ulterior motive. They may have something that's not healthy. And then we end up in this spiral of events, right? We, we jump into these relationships f- um, fast. We don't pay attention to red flags. Um, we have children as a lot of things happen. And then a year or two years down the line, you know, we're, we're an individual that we didn't see ourselves being before we got into that relationship. So it could all start with social media, you know, tagging where you are doing things like that and coming from a safety perspective. And then it can spiral out of control very fast.
1: Yeah, I think even, I'm sorry, just to piggyback up a little bit of this, I know we're talking about social media, um, posting and also just really paying attention to what your friends are posting, right? I think sometimes we'll look at what they post and we'll look at a picture and we're like, oh, that's a nice picture. But how often do we really, really look at that individual like that family, right? And really see that. and and we brought up a point, you know, like sometimes we don't recognize domestic violence until it's too late. We have that friend or we have that family member and you know have been abusing you know their significant other for, for years, right? And we see these pictures, and, and sometimes and I've this person, i went back through some some pictures, maybe like a couple of months prior to me finding out. And little did yeah. I know as I zoom up, right? And we really kind of pay attention to those pictures, you can actually you can see the pain, you can see the they can see some bruises and marketing, so i challenge them to see i mean don't look at
2: pictures for just oh, oh that's a cute picture but also i'm looking at this picture on their frame um there's really being that support too so
1: look at
4: it and all the time it's not i think a lot of times um it's not physical right so the physical that's easy to see you know the black eye but when you're talking about economic abuse earlier like a lot of things um The intimidation, the emotional abuse and those things, they're really, really important. And that comes with rapport and with conversation, Um, working relationships. You know, it's good to be professional and just ask how individuals are doing. And when people open up being that good wingman and telling them, hey, this kind of sounds like, you know, something else. Or um, because, like I said, the physical is easy to see when people are throwing things beside your head or making you feel Mm -hmm. intimidated and making you feel um, afraid of them. They're not hurting you with their hands, so I may not be able to see it in a picture, but a create a creating a rapport and conversation with individuals may give them a glimpse into emotional abuse or something else they may be experiencing. So,
1: what do you what do you think? Like are some signs that people could be experiencing? That I know, you know, one thing could be constant checking on the phone, right? Mm-hmm. If you ever deal with that brain, right? who constantly looks at the phone. It could be something, or it could be nothing.
4: Could be, yeah.
2: You would, no you know, we address this because we're in EFTAC and with the curriculum and it's awesome, awesome conversation and, you know, it's the monitoring. So for me, if I had to check in every 15 minutes with my husband, that, that would bother me. Like, that would not be okay. But for some people, that is okay. And so it just depends on who you're dealing with, what your likes and dislikes are. But again, Sometimes people do have to check in and they won't mm-hmm. tell you and those are certain things to, to 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 look at. Um or they have to they have to answer their phone.
4: Yeah. yeah. They can't miss a call. Mm-hmm.
2: Can't they a can't call. turn their locations off. And, you know, mm-hmm. I have a a I know someone and, and you know in my in, in my past and I didn't know that this person was being monitored and they had to check in, you know, at a certain time. They had to be at home by a certain time. And it bothered me, but it was so normalized to them that they didn't realize that that was a part of like power and control, the monitoring.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, we're discussing what what's a healthy relationship looks like, and if that's your view of normal, right? That's yeah, it. Like that. It's really kind of hard to kind of tease that out and say, you know, hey, young person, hey. Adult, you're really experiencing something that's kind of abnormal. This is what this is not what normal society, the majority of normal people go through. So that's that's an interesting perspective. I mean, and sure, I mean you're we tell you we respond to these inc- yes, incidents, right? I mean, uh, I mean, as as a guy that's also looking for those things as well as kind of. Putting it back together, and I mean, we're collectively all people that kind of look for them and put it back together. But we kind of look to you because you've got that symbol on your chest.
3: Sure. And so, so for us, you know, as, as church, I, it's 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 kind of hard for us to get to know every individual in the unit, um, but we try our best. But it's, we we lean heavily on the supervisors um, to to know those individuals. And so, if I have to go to a incident, um, I want to get I want to gather more information. Uh, try to help this individual out, but I need to know what has changed, or what 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 they need from us, um, or what the supervisor or best friend from that healthy relationship has seen change over time, um, to get to get us to where we got right now, because um, it didn't just happen overnight. Uh, healthy relationships don't they you know you can ruin a relationship overnight, but you can't you know relationships build over time, um, but. When you get to that unhealthy relationship you know it's it's something that has been occurring um they are they they didn't just go out and have a bad day um, and sometimes it may be just a bad day but it's fixed they they are able to um hey you know i'm sorry i apologize for it but you know a lot of times i see is the the abuser or the the spouse or the friend is not taking any accountability for what they're doing mm-hmm.
2: I'm not sure you mentioned something about um, these uh, behaviors uh, being normalized, like tracking or hitting, kicking, punching. And so oftentimes my conversations with shirts is why do they stay? Why do victims stay? And I use this statement, the love, the hope, and the fear. They love the individual, right? And they hope that they get better. Oftentimes, resources are available and have been offered, like counseling. And they hope that they get better with the counseling or they hope that they change. And then the fear is, let's say it's a member, the fear is that my leadership is going to expect me to leave this relationship. Or the civilian, my parents or my friends, are going to expect me to leave this relationship. And then oftentimes the fear is that the offender, if they've made death threats or threats to remove money or to take children, uh, that is the fear portion of it. So what can we do? We can provide that service for the supportive services for the victims. I know shirts do a great job. I'm gonna say this the Barksdale Air Force, they shirts do a great job of making sure that the whole family is safe and receives resources.
3: You know, in all our talks we always you always say, you know, eight, eighty-eight times. You probably think nobody listens, but you know, it takes that's how long it takes that, that you've told us it takes for an individual to come to the realization they need to get out of a relationship or move on or start to uh, move forward in a relationship.
2: Sometimes you and maybe the supervisor or the unit you guys may be the only support system that a victim has honestly mm-hmm. and so again, you know, those supportive services and understanding that uh, it does take a victim 8 to 88 times to leave an abusive relationship because they love the person. Listen, but when I when I meet you, I'm to do this real quick. When I meet you, you know, uh, I'm going to be like, you know, I love you so much <laughs> and I'm just going to treat you so good and you're so handsome. And then all of a sudden, this person shows up as demeaning and degrading and cursing and all those things. And you're like, no, 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 no. I want this person. And so the person always has the picture of this person when this is who the person really is. So that's what makes it very difficult also for a male or a female to leave an abusive mm-hmm. relationship.
4: And also I think it, um, it kind of ties back around to where we we're all looking to help an individual, right? So shirt identifies and says, Hey, you know, we have the DAVA available to come and speak with you. Um, and that way you're able to identify some things that they're, they may not be able to see it, but you're able to see that if this is how this person is presenting, you may may, you may be in a situation that looks like an unhealthy relationship and it could be abusive. And so, Making sure that individual understands that and also that they have like um, we have services, individual therapy or fast services that they can take advantage of um, to process all of that. You know, those are services that's directly driven by the member and they can identify when we've met the goal and we can all sit down and agree like, hey, I now identify and I know that I may be in an unhealthy relationship and maybe now I'm looking forward to leaving or making a step forward in the in another direction. So I think it's important that we all um, understand that we're, we're working together. If he can identify it or the SHIRT can identify it, we're all here to work and, under, and help one individual, even if it takes them 88 times, even if it takes them 89 times, you know, we're here to, to let them know that, hey, I know you've been here 90 times, but this may be the 91st time and we're willing to help you, you know, engaging in these services and letting them know it's we're not judging you. We're here to support you and that's what we're here for. So.
2: And, you know, once it's been established, listen, we work so well together in family advocacy. Let's say that we have the member that's the abuser. And let's say that we have a wife here and children. Listen, one thing that I do know about the military is they provide services for the alleged offender and for the victim. And oftentimes outside the military channels, I call it civilian land. Sometimes we don't see that. Right. So the the military offers so many resources. Mm -hmm. And again, it's that it's that therapy or that um, empowerment to the alleged offender as well right. because not some people do want to reconcile mm-hmm. and so we we can't tell people oh you can't be together mm-hmm. but we've seen people reconcile and so that's why the services that family advocacy and the therapy and all those things that our clinical staff provides is excellent excellent for the whole family
1: right. you bring up a good point because i think sometimes when people hear family advocacy you know they think that Oh my god i'm mean, gonna get my kids taken away or oh my god they want me in my relationship and we want what you want right as long as it's safe i right. mean i will say that point um as, as ms banks had said earlier you know some individuals it takes them you know a while to really recognize that abuse and because when you think about individuals not knowing what abuse looks like mm-hmm. so we often model the behavior that we saw as children right i mean when you think about you know what we soak in and we you know, how we, we emulate things, right, that we've watched observed, sort of growing up. So they may take that individual um, receiving some education, coming through some of our preventative service, talking with the data, recognizing some of those red, black, some of those warning signs, and really, really realizing what that looks like. And also, I just wanted to kind of tie back in with the shirt, too, and say, man, you, you guys are, are a pivotal role into all this stuff, especially that initial response, right? Sure. Um, when you guys get that call, it's like game on, right? And, and there's some frustration associated mm-hmm. with it too, right? So off of that, I'll put that out there be real. Yeah, it as is. We said, sometimes it takes eight to 88 times. And sometimes they may be on that eighty-seven times. You're at your wits end. Like, I'm yes. for <laughs> Why do they keep going back? Oh, All my right. God. Like, I'm over mm-hmm. it. But we need you to stay engaged and stay with it. And I, we want you guys to know, too, as first, just like that's, support so that system. if you feel like I'm kind of tapping out. I'm not tapping out of that aspect of where you're not that member, but, like, I'm exhausted. I'm depleted. Where do I go? Um, definitely feel free to reach out for us. We're there to kind of guide and offer those supportive services um, and just kind of to put so you can relate to that individual also mm-hmm. because they may not want to come in. They may not want to talk with them. They may not want to talk with me. They may not want to talk with Ms. Jackson. may not want to talk with you.
2: <laughs> 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 we have a but We have, you know, we have FABOs that's our front line. And you oftentimes, the FAPAs, they are the persons, the parties that get the initial phone call. Mm-hmm. They may call and, and and so even at that point, the person who receives the phone call is how you respond and even your tone, um, whether they'll engage or not engage. I mean, we have nurses, you know, our NPSP program. We, of course, have, our, we have our, our FAO who has to make a lot of serious decisions. We have another social worker. And so there's just a whole team of us. And then, of course, we have our phase, our intervention specialists, and so we're briefing all over. So... It takes all the components, everyone, to make, uh, uh, make sure that these families are receiving what they need, they get the treatment, and they're also safe.
0: So as, as we kind of conclude this, um, domestic violence awareness, how can we encapsulate maybe some prevention uh, efforts or some tips if we could kind of just look at those as we wrap up? What do we do now that we've identified it? How can we keep it from happening again, or how can we get those relationships back on track, or make our make our seemingly maybe borderline unhealthy relationships maybe a little bit more healthy?
3: So I can start off with that one. Um, so I think that you know communication is probably one of the best things to to do um, to help out those relationships. Uh, communicating with whether whether it be the person that you're in in your relationship or outside person Um, and that outside bystander, you know, communicating with the the victim, the possible victim, um, you know, letting them know that they are not by themselves and we're here to support them no matter what, give them that person to talk to, uh, because they may feel like they don't have anyone to talk to. Um, And then, you know, just, just being there, you know, not, not getting frustrated. Um, And then I don't want to say pressure, but, you know, continue to support them no matter what um and don't because i know it's kind of frustrating um being responding to a situation and you know the persons need to get out of the situation but they don't want to and just being there to support them and continue to help them out through that situation um no matter what if it's the first or the 88th time
4: also creating a safe place for people to feel like they can talk about their problems and talk about their relationship and um Making sure that people are aware of the preventive services that we have here on basis, a lot of services that individuals can take advantage of um, and they can remain confidential, you know, so um, making sure that, you know, assured that you guys know the services and I'm, you guys have a plethora, know everything, you know, um, that we have here own base, but making sure that those individuals who may be in that unhealthy relationship understand <laughs> This doesn't mean that th- this will be a change in your job. You know, we're just looking to help, to help you to be a better individual so that you can do a good job.
3: Preventative, being preventative too is another one I think. Um, me and my wife, we, we go see counseling probably every couple years just to get us back to back to balance. You know, we start to teeter off and we just make sure we, we go see someone to kind of work out our issues um, will help us get not to get to a point where it gets violent or gets abusive. And I think
2: understanding culture still have that a whole lot culture and religion and family of origin and oftentimes we have to understand the family of which the person even even the offender uh, how they were raised you know who were their caretakers who were their caregivers and i think captain you may have mentioned that um what's abusive to one person may not be abusive right. to another so mm-hmm. if you if if I'll just use you as an example. I'll make myself the bad person. <laughs> if you're very calm and you came from a, a family where they had family meetings, now family meetings are very important. I encourage people to do that, even if you didn't do it in your own family. Every Friday night, get everybody at the table, cell phones down, let's start to communicate. Well, let's say you came from that environment, but I came from the screaming family and there was, there was no conflict resolution and everybody was very emotional. So now we're in a relationship and I start to yell at you, I start to curse at you, I start doing things wrong. Now you feel like you're being abused, correct? And so I think the family of origin, and so uh, marriage counseling, that marriage counseling, chaplain, 100% confidentiality, anger management, maybe I need anger management, so I need to go to Kelsey's class. Right. So we can do those preventive things before it crosses over to the threshold of abuse. Right. Because it may just be the way that we were raised and how we see, and oftentimes some things are, abuses normalized. Some people have to unlearn those behaviors because they don't know that yelling and cursing and throwing things in a relationship is not okay because that's what they've always seen.
1: Yeah, I would say engagement and application. So we talked about a lot of services, right? Um, making that first step towards picking up that phone or speaking with your first sergeant or speaking with your supervisor and saying, hey, I'm interested in this, if you're a little bit hesitant. But yet, yeah, once you actually pick up that phone and engage in those services, also that sustainment of those skills that you learn, right, that conflict resolution, that fair arguing, that assertive communication. As human, as human nature, sometimes we tend to engage in behavioral drift, right, when we don't continue to practice those things and skills that we learn. Um, for instance, she, I don't know if you still do stats, but, we, you know, you just say, like, when you don't continue to do things, um, obviously you tend to drift away from them. So it's the same when it comes to um, relationships, um, communication, and things like that in general, too. So those are my, my two things that you think away. Um, definitely put in engagement and sustainment on those fields.
0: I have realized that uh, my communication with my wife always suffers when I'm waiting on my turn to talk because I'm not really listening you're listening to respond yeah I'm, okay. I'm, listening. I'm waiting on my turn to talk to respond I'm, you know i'm waiting listening to respond so um the, the importance of this conversation is is of utmost importance i mean we're here between two buffs talking uh we brought together a family of subject matter experts these sme's our family of sme's are here to help you guys out there to become better families better partners they're people, uh, and as we, as we traverse this land, just being good humans is always a great thing. So uh, I wanna thank each and every one of you for, for uh, making yourself available for this. I wanna thank each of you for being those subject matter experts that our airmen and guardians and civilians and retirees can lean on. And uh, if you need any of us, stop us. We will put you in contact with the right helping agency if we are the helping agency we will be there to hold you up and support you through everything you need Uh, this has been between two buffs for domestic violence awareness month thank you for joining us